I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am currently snowed in in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch, Amber is the color of her energy. It's your girl, Whoa. Caitlin McKinnon. Hey. Hey, girl. Hey. I am. I'm just iced in. I'm not snowed in. I'm just iced just in. Iced in. Yeah. It's all, that, all that lake wind. <laughs> further down the, that right. lake effect you're surrounded by yeah friends this is episode 311 of the geek down podcast that joke made sense now <laughs> <laughs> oh you're all too young to even know who 311 are and good keep it that way we're not in the business of amplifying 311's q rating <laughs> no stay young people stay young <laughs> stay stay young if you would like to listen to any of our other 310 episodes of the Geek Down Podcast, you just take yourself wherever you get your audio content, be it Spotify, SoundCloud, Google, Apple, or Stitcher. Give us a rate, review, follow, subscribe. Five stars would be nice. A like. A like. A comment. Just going, yeah. Turn on notifs, any of that. And henceforth, you will never miss an episode of this program because it's going to be brought to you, sprinkled from the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip by someone who is very annoyed we took a week off because he takes no days off, and that's your man's. Chauncey Frostelicus third Geek Down Internet Elf. Just sitting around, bored, like, what am I doing with myself? When are these fuckers coming back? Because I've got episodes I want to distribute. Yeah, this man uh, works... More than my father. And my father has retired twice. So. <laughs> Stuart, why you love retiring so much? He likes, he just, he works. And then I, I, I tease him about this because he's, he's like pushing 80. And he was at a, he was dealing with some things with his property. It's a really long story. Um, but basically, uh, he said to the lady, he's like, uh, because it might take a little while. And he's like, look, I-, I want this done as soon as possible. He's like, I don't want to kick the bucket before it's done. He's like, I'm pushing 80. And the lady was like, really? She's like, you could have told me you were 65. And this is him like, that's him chuffed, right? Like him just being like, some lady said I could be 65. <laughs> he was right chuffed, was he? Yes, he was. So yeah, that's, uh, I think my dad's thing is like, if you keep working, your body can't get old on you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, we talked about shrinking last week. Harrison Ford is clearly ascribing to that philosophy. That man's getting de-aged in Indiana Jones as we speak. Mm-hmm. Friends, what gets you right chuffed? Let us know over on Twitter.com slash GeekdownPod. That's where the show lives on the social meds. Taking it day by day, ever still. I was going to say, how is Twitter doing? That's a great question. <laughs> um, uh, the latest out of Twitter was that Elmo was... Uh, could not believe that engagement was down on his tweets and further could not believe the idea that maybe engagement was down because people are over him. Um, I know I have. And this then led, if you were on Twitter, you suddenly started seeing a lot more Elon Musk tweets in your feed. Right. I, um, I, I, I have, need to clarify something because of the time we live in. Mm. Who's Elmo? <laughs> Elon Musk. Okay. Okay. I just wanted to double check because it could legitimately be Elmo. The like, Muppet? Yeah, it could be like his social. 
I feel like I feel like Elmo has better things to worry about than whether oh, his tweets are getting yeah, up, except yeah, for the level of engagement. But again, it's the time we live in. Someone could have taken over his account. Someone <laughs> could have gotten a blue check mark for their Elmo twi- Twitter. Okay, just double checking. Uh, so yeah, you, there was there were a couple weeks where suddenly it's like, why am I seeing so much Elon Musk? Um, I have not seen any follow ups regarding the uh, increase in blockings or like. You know, stop showing me this requests when those metrics came out. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's bubblegum and chicken wire over there, basically. Um, but still, still kind of hanging on, as far as I can tell. Amazing. Just wait until the one thing comes up that'll replace it and everyone will jump ship. I think we're, I think we are literally all just waiting for that. <laughs> we're all just biding our time until something feasible I'm comes along you, that we all feel like moving on to. I said Bye. this about Facebook. Google, Google um, Circle isn't coming back. <laughs> bring Google Circle back. We'll call it something else. They like to rename things there. Google Bubble. Speaking Google- of, <laughs> y'all love when we like, you know, <laughs> wax nostalgic on our concern troll, uh, social media, billion dollar uh, social media companies. My Facebook feed is so fucking sad at this point. Oh yeah, it's bad. Like, nobody I know uses it. My feed is basically, even the groups I'm in don't even use it enough anymore. So it's literally just, like, recommended content from, like, classic rock radio stations from Nebraska. Like, Yeah, um, I literally only go there, basically, when my dad says he's posted something on Facebook. <laughs> I'm, I go there. I go there to see, yes, my dad's concerns about gun violence in America. Um, and... Waiting for word on when that Macross Plus vinyl set is is dropping. Like the last vestiges, the, it's the you know the, it, it's the it's the phone repair kiosk in the old mall, <laughs> and like the shoe outlet that's actually pretty good. Like there's there's literally nothing left. There's there's a payless yes there's a payless shoe source and and a phone case kiosk. That's all that's left on Facebook right now. But I mean, who, uh, listen, um, between WhatsApp and Instagram, they're probably Meta's probably doing fine. So. Well, I mean, Meta's not doing fine because they've they're laying off thousands of people. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah, um, it's like a big deal because they're like no more layoffs, and they're like actually so <laughs> many more layoffs. And if you guys don't want us to get laid off from this show, you can always. <laughs> <laughs> throw a- I'm a lay kid off from our from our own show. <laughs> you can always throw a couple dollars in the tip jar. <laughs> ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod every dollar is appreciated ensure ensure we fight another round of layoffs i've got i've got kate's pink slip at the ready all the time just keep the date blank it's got stickers on it it's all, there's a rainbow it's, it's always a ready to go it's got chocolate smears on it it's, <laughs> it's been around for years at this point it really has uh kate yeah how was your holiday weekend it was great um so, uh, senior correspondent Chris and I celebrated 10 years, um, of being together. Um, it's funny because this is the, it, this is the, <laughs> this is the anniversary that we really sort of care about. People are like, oh, do you also celebrate your wedding anniversary? And I'm like, huh? <laughs> That's a thing people do? Um, it, it's uh, difficult because, you know, we got married like, <laughs> two years before the ceremony yeah and it's we got here like seven years into our relationship so we'd already been well established as sort of a couple at that point 
Um, so we sometimes go for a picnic because it's our uh, wedding anniversary is in the summer. But this time of year, it's actually it's it's really easy to remember because our first date was on family day. So we just sort of celebrate on family day um, this year or around that day. Uh, this year, because so I've lived in Hamilton for eight years at this point. Um, and there is this restaurant called the Black Forest Inn. Um, and it is Bavarian slash German themed food. Um, and it has got to have been around since like the mid seventies at least. <laughs> and they have not changed the restaurants in the, since the mid seventies. Excellent. Um, they, it was, and, and anyway, so ever since we, we used to live really close to it and, um, uh, senior correspondent Chris would always say, "Oh, well, we'll take you to the Black Forest Inn." He'd only been like a couple times because um, I was really interested because you don't can't really see it from from the outside. Um, and uh, and every year, so we'd be like, "Oh, we'll go to the Black Forest Inn," and either you know we couldn't make it, or they you know were closed that day, or because it's Hamilton or whatever. But this year was like, no, it's been, it's been eight years. We're going to the Black Forest Cafe, and it was great. It was the food was was actually really good. Uh, it was fantastic. I don't think they've changed the recipes since the 1970s. Um, and yeah, we had a great time. Um, it was really nice. Uh, we realized that we will never f- run out of things to talk about. Um, and yeah. So that was my that was my weekend. How was your weekend, Jordan? My weekend was delightful, uh, friends. As I had said, we took the week off last week. Not just because it was a holiday, but it was a holiday. And we we worked through holidays all the time. But I was going to be out of town because I was uh, kind of taking a surprise, uh, unexpected visit back home to see uh, my folks and my best friend. And what I didn't say at the time uh oh last week or last episode was that uh this was being accompanied by someone cute okay now we, you have to do the air siren for that too i it's not a thing <laughs> you get one little one there <laughs> so cute <laughs> one little one um yes uh we we drove down together um and kind of Spent a couple days in Windsor and then uh, a couple days at my best friend's house and I kind of bounced back and forth to see my parents. Um, Someone cute got to uh, finally experience the the much celebrated, the often mentioned uh, Windsor style pizza from uh, Professor Za <laughs> over at Armando's. Amazing. I'm just going to be dropping, re- you love it when we do regional Toronto t- talk. It's like feasible. Some of you might actually see Toronto stuff one day. Now I'm doing super regional like Windsor, Essex County stuff, which you will never see. But I mean, if you're ever in Amherstburg, Ontario, Canada. I don't know. If they live in Detroit. Call up Armando's. And they're going down for some sort of medical care or to buy prescription drugs. <laughs> they may they may want to check out. What was it? Professor Pizza? Dr. Pizza? <laughs> Dr. Pizza? <laughs> <laughs> Commodore Flatbread, <laughs> <laughs> Professor Za, Professor Za. I was very close the first time. Uh, we had the very the one with like three types of pepperoni on it, and that's Ooh. it. Uh, and they also have some like tater tots that are done up like a fry supreme. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, I'm going to Windsor, guys. See you later. <laughs> um, and then uh, we, the four of us, uh, someone cute, Mr. Malash, myself, and. Uh, Mrs. Malash. <laughs> I've never mentioned her on the show before, but I guess she's Mrs. Malash. 
uh, had dinner downtown, kind of had like, you know, grown up night out and uh, toured around what passes for the downtown core of Amherstburg, which included a stop at the, again, no spawn con, legit plug, the Richmond Popcorn Company, which is a popcorn store that opened in my hometown and was really good. I got, <laughs> the flavors were kind of like, so it's basically like a boutique kernels, which is the, like the popcorn chain in uh in canada yeah um but like some of the flavors on i'm looking at their website right now garlic parmesan is available oh that's one of the feature flavors i got banana caramel which sounds ridiculous but was eerily good but so sweet oh yeah no that's i'm there that's where i'm at. so sweet yeah and the the, <laughs> the big note from my parents visit was uh <laughs> i rode my mom's stair lift oh my god yes Oh, friends, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but my last, when I was home at Christmas, my last day, uh, staying with my folks, my dad had kind of bought <laughs> from an estate that no longer needed it, uh, a stair lift, uh, secondhand. And cause my mom is, you know, has mobility issues and it's kind of hard. It's really hard for her to get up and down stairs at this point without assistance. And so we, I kind of asked that at one point, and so I was like, I think I got a lead on one. Uh, <laughs> so I, I helped him bring it in, and it was so much longer than needed. It was full like full like a full ass like story <laughs> of a house, and like it's like a half story in my parents' house. It's like you know five stairs up to the second floor. Yeah, I was like, you're going if the idea is like if she needs to get to the bathroom the most, and this thing is cutting off access to the bathroom. Like, what are you going to do with this? I'll just cut it. You'll you'll <laughs> cut it. <laughs> So there's welding involved here. I don't know what you think you're doing. Like, you're, you'll cut it. Anyway, they found another one that was more suitable in the proper size and actually had a professional come in and install it. Um, and when I was over there on the uh, on the Sunday of the weekend for a couple hours, um, I, uh, I said, what's the weight capacity on that thing? My dad's like, I don't know, like 350 or something. I was like, huh. So then I got on it. <laughs> Didn't like it. Didn't like it at all. Oh, I was like, was it amazing? I have, I don't, I didn't realize how much I've, I've wanted to ride one of those until you mentioned it. And now I'm so jealous. It's very, it's very, <laughs> we're talking, it's the hottest podcast in the game. We're talking about, you know, senior, senior mobility assistance places. <sighs> um, I generally, as someone who has been my size for most of my life, I don't leave the ground that often. <laughs> so <laughs> definitely. Uh, you know, leaving my feet and relying on something to carry me. I mean, very useful though. Swivels at both sides. You basically kind of like get in, swivel, droop, down you go, swivel and you're off. Um, stair lifts. <laughs> get into it. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I used to like ask my dad if we could just get one and he'd be like, what? Cause I used to watch a lot of like, just get Fox, one. <laughs> Fox TV, like the, the kids programming and they always had, right, right, they right. had, for some reason, during kids programming, had chairlift commercials. <laughs> I'm like, Dad, can Good I Lord. get one of those? Be like, what? No. This house has too, this house has too many stairs. <laughs> so hard. I don't do it any. I don't want to do it anymore. Um, but yes, yeah, a very, very enjoyable, relaxing uh, week with uh, with my parents. And thank you to someone cute for um, suggesting the trip. And, uh, and doing the driving, it was, uh, I got the best of all worlds. I got to like, you know, stay at my friend's place and, 
and be around them. Also got to stay at a hotel a couple nights and get the continental breakfast, which you know mm. we love a free breakfast at a hotel. Oh, man. I, yeah. It's, it's, you know, you're poor when <laughs> you grow up poor when you're like, oh my God, free breakfast. And you like, oh my God, it's breakfast like buffet? Fuck four me. Like, plates of food and you are not hungry by the end of it, but you're like, I am making every dollar count. I need another mini omelet. <laughs> <laughs> you have a, they have a waffle. Did they, did they have a waffle maker? They did have a waffle maker. <gasps> I don't usually fucks with the waffle maker. I never do. I, I know I'm weird <sighs> like that, but. So good. I never, I never really mess with the waffle maker at the at the breakfast bar. Um, but yeah, it was it was dope. Um, was a good time. So every time we take a couple weeks off, there I feel like there's uh, all the news and none of the news at the same time. So this is yeah. gonna be a real scatter shot, y'all. Um, what do I have down in my notes here? Um, Warner Brothers wants to make more Lord of the Rings movies. I feel like I am <sighs> rare in a rare instance on the side of the fans on this one. <laughs> Just, Fans love to be mad about everything, and yeah, but I think they're kind of on the right on this one. Like, listen, the topic of the show today is basically an argument on why you don't need to remake shit all the time. So it's really hard for me to like muster any fake enthusiasm for another swing at the Lord of the Rings bat ball. Like, and they're already they're already in the, kind of in the middle of it, like with the sh- Amazon. Yeah, with the, the Rings show. of Power is already happening, and you know that's you know Rings of Power didn't shit the bed, so we're like, oh my god, there's more money to be made. Yeah, and people I, but, like that make more of it. Yeah, but there, I think for a lot of people, Lord of the Rings was the first fantasy epic um, mm. that they could really like dig their heels into, sort of like a doorway into nerddom for a lot of people. Um, and they were Gateway really good. drug, if you will. Yeah, and they and they were really good, and and all about like love and friendship and. And how love is the fifth element. <laughs> but legitimately, like, I will... Do I not have a drop for that at this point? I don't know. Lilu Dallas Multipass. We still watch it. Like, we'll watch the extended cut of Lord of the Rings. Conversely, I was just thinking as you were, like, talking just now. Like, I saw each of them once in the theater, and I don't think I've ever watched them again since. That's because... Which is weird. Like, I feel like I would have at this point. Well, I mean, they're they're long. They're like, you really got to, you know, want to commit. And, but it's also what you're interested in. And I just, I think that if people are still watching them and even watching them for the first time for a lot of people, I don't think that's a good time to remake something or relaunch something or do, a, you know, a, another one. I think you got to let things die down a little bit. Agreed. Agree. So, so hard. So nobody wants that. Uh, what else does nobody want? Nobody wanted to open Netflix randomly last week and get the... Uh, Netflix is designed for users sharing the same home. Yes, the hammer dropped on me. We've been talking for a while about uh, Netflix's plans to crack down on password sharing. Or is, is it even password sharing? It's my family. <laughs> like, yeah. It's not like every other one of my uh, streaming services where it's like a friend. Um, it's like my father, like, but, and I don't, uh, again, I have not gone through it all. I actually planned to try and go through it with my dad, uh, this last weekend, but I knew it was going to be too complicated. I fired up his Netflix and it said the same thing. So it's basically Netflix asking users to like set the primary household yeah, and then go from there. So, I mean, I don't know if it's, we talked about it briefly, but I knew it wasn't really like, it was too late at night. <laughs> it wasn't really 
the technical details weren't really sticking with him when I tried to talk about it because because I don't really know them. Like I think it's like if they set him as the primary household, I can get added on for like another three bucks a month or something like that. Uh, really it's seven ninety nine. So I'm pretty. I'm 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 ninety nine point nine percent sure it's seven ninety nine, um, which is why. <laughs> Basically, um, I think that's why I think a lot of people are going to be a lot of attrition coming for Netflix. Yeah, I'm, I'm wondering. I want to know how much of this is backfired. That's what I really want to know. I want to know how many people went. Fuck it. I don't care. I've low key gone. Fuck it. I haven't opened it since to even see what it's doing. And I was thinking the other day, um, I was out at the drugstore or grocery store or something and saw like the gift card spinner there, you know? Yeah. And I was like, am I just going to do that? Like, if something's coming that I know I want to watch, am I just going to buy, like, a Netflix gift card? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but I'm pretty sure... 50, 50 bucks and get it for, like, three months and then yeah, I was gonna be say, done with it? Like, Yeah. that's. I mean, it might be the way to go. Or, uh, I mean, we've said it from time in memoriam. Like, we... People are just going to hit the high seas like they used to. And like I, I was thinking of that because I watched the uh, last night. I watched the trailer for um, so there's an anime we talked about forever ago uh, called Monster. Yeah, hit Netflix. Um, and it's funny the kids at work were actually like kind of getting into it. Like it's older, older meaning like in <laughs> 2004. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Shouts to the new American Girl historical dolls, which are from the 90s. Let that one sink in, Kate. Oh. oh. Oh my heart! Let that one sink in, Kate. Oh God! Oh God! Historical dolls. I don't from the nineties. I don't like it. <laughs> no, but I mean it's coming for all of us. We say this all the time. Um, so yeah, monsters on uh, Netflix. But then I was thinking, so the guy who did monsters was named Noki Urasawa. He had another thing he did called um, Pluto, which was basically. Let me tell you the premise of this. And then you rank on a uh, factor of one to one to holy fuck sticks. How much of this is in Jordan's wheelhouse? Okay. Naoki Urasawa taking the story, the greatest robot who ever lived from Astro Boy and remaking it as a grim and gritty detective story. Oh my God. What, what was it? Holy. <laughs> holy fuck sticks. Holy fuck sticks. I think it's, it's pretty close to holy fuck sticks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're making an anime of that. It looks amazing. They dropped an extended, like, four-minute kind of sizzle reel on YouTube. And at first I was like, and Netflix has got it. And I was like, oh, my God, am I going to make a gift card to watch that on Netflix when it drops? No. No, I'm not. I'm going to find it somewhere. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. It's honestly easier. And this is the thing we've said before. <laughs> like, you you, you had it. Yeah. You had it. You You... Everyone was happy. My dad was paying for it. He got his Peaky Blinders. Even if it was like $3 to add me to the profile. I shoot my dad 20 bucks every couple months or something and, you know, keep it moving. And still, everybody's happy and everybody's getting paid. You making it too expensive and too complicated. And... And this is just like endemic of everything that's happening right now. Like when I rejoined the world after my lovely weekend, the first story was uh, about the Loblaws Corporation here in Canada, the grocery chain, like posting their, 
quarterly profits and like setting all the profit records after months of going like, we're not price gouging. Yeah. That's, that was my news. <laughs> I was <laughs> Galen West. Galen Weston is the fucking devil. Yeah. Um, and they were like, oh, it's our beauty and cosmetics. And I was oh, like, that, that's, that's where they made all the money. A pair, oh yeah. And they're, cause mm. they have shoppers. And I was like, mm. I'm sorry. Joanne is not going to Fortino's to get her face cream. Like, you know, we can see where the money is. Like, it's not, it's not like Fortino's is suffering. I like, anyways, So for people who don't live here, like for, for months, as with everywhere, the price of groceries has been increasing. I think it's even leveled out in America to a certain extent, but Canada has just been getting worse and worse. And, uh, the Westons, owners of Loblaws and 90 other uh, grocery store chains in Canada were getting accused of price gouging. Uh, they have been convicted of this once before. Was, yes. Wasn't that the bread check? The, Everybody the bread. got the bread card a few years ago. I got $25 for the bread. Yeah, because they were price gouging on the bread. So they've been convicted of doing this in the past. Yeah. But they're like, no, 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 it's inflation. It's our suppliers. We're barely, we're barely breaking even on this. And then the quarterly profits come out for Q3 and it's like, oh, they, they have record setting. So, I mean, and I was ranting about this at work, and this is going to get dark, y'all. I apologize. But, like, I feel like in Canada, we looked at America and was like, wow, this is what a failed state looks like. Like, they're, they're like, storming the capital. The divisiveness and the polarization is worse than it's ever been. This is really, this is really terrible. Thank God I live in Canada where no one can buy a house and barely anyone can afford groceries. Thank God I'm here. Yeah. Like, don't get it fucked up. We are... We're maybe moving slower, but it ain't great up here either, y'all. Fuck me. Sorry, y'all. That got dark. Let's get back to fun nerd stuff. Like government regulation. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'll rant about it some other time. What was that? What was that line from the... Uh, as we are not watching The Last of Us, to some of y'all's chagrin, I'm sure, but uh, there's definitely a clip that made Twitter last week where, like, Pedro ends up at, uh, you know, some utopian kind of settlement and the guy is kind of given the uh, sales pitch, and it's like, you know, everything's made here, everything's made here, we share it all, nobody wants for anything, blah, blah, blah. And Pedro goes, so communism. And the guy's like, no. <laughs> and this other woman they're walking with goes, no, literally communism. This is a commune. We're communists. <sighs> the tweet was like, proving once again, <laughs> Americans have no problem with the concept, just the word. Yeah. They also really don't like socialist. Oof. <sighs> We can rant about all of America's ills another time. Uh, what else is out there, Kate? Yeah. I sent you a link. I sent you many links while we were off. Did you watch any of them? Or no. do you need me to catch you up on the latest in the saga of Sami Zayn and the Bloodline? No, no, I did not because I was too busy with stupid adult stuff. Gross. Um, number one, just to recap, uh, this... Uh, trip back home allowed me to watch Friday Night Smackdown with my father, Amazing. which is always the biggest treat <laughs> anytime I watch wrestling with my father. I've done it off and on for the better part of, God, 25 years. He continues to vehemently hate wrestling. <laughs> really? So much. He thinks it's so dumb. <laughs> That's like um, And... But he can also, like, never dispute any of, like, the arguments when it's, like, it's, like, it's just stupid and fake. I was, like, so's the Avengers. <laughs> like, <laughs> so is Peaky Blinders. So is everything you watch. But, um, 
I even used your metaphor. I was like, it's just, it's just medieval times. Like that's all it is. Yeah, and it's amazing. Um, but then <laughs> the Viking Raiders came out, <laughs> and we had our favorite <laughs> to quote Biggie, <laughs> big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> <laughs> started going around the ring for 20 minutes and suddenly Dan the man was invested um, mm. so anyway uh, we had talked about the uh, in all honesty Emmy worthy storyline of Roman Reigns the bloodline and Sami Zayn yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago coming out of the Royal Rumble where Sami Zayn finally stood up for himself and uh, rebelled against the tribal chief Roman Reigns has kind of been on the run ever since and this was leading to a match in Sami Zayn's hometown of Montreal at the Elimination Chamber, he was finally going to get a title shot uh, against Roman Reigns. And we will recall that at the Royal Rumble, uh, Roman's cousin Jay, kind of like while Sammy was getting beat down at the Royal Rumble, kind of recused himself from that. Yeah. And has not really been seen ever since. He kind of pops up here and there. And at the so at the Elimination Chamber, long story short, it played out basically the way we thought it was going to. Number one. If you don't know, y'all, a Canadian crowd, specifically a Montreal crowd, is like nothing else in wrestling, nay, professional sports. It's like borderline soccer arena, like <sighs> levels of rowdiness. When Sami Zayn came out at the Elimination Chambers, shit, when he came out, out on SmackDown the night before, it was like six minutes of just the crowd cheering for him as the hometown boy. Fun. So fun. Very very moving. Um, anyway, it played out like we thought it would. Uh, basically, at one point, Sammy had him beat. The ref had been knocked out. The crowd counts to 10. <laughs> you know, he covers he covers Roman. The crowd counts. He had Roman beat. There was no referee. Um, eventually, the bloodline comes down. Or the bloodline. Jimmy Uso comes down, not Jay. Um, Jay did show up at one point, but did nothing. He just kind of stood there. <laughs> People were calling it his sad lion, uh, pose. Amazing. He just kind of stands there and looks sad and conflicted. Um, Roman's telling Jay to hit Sammy with the chair. Jay won't do it. He starts pie facing Jay. Sammy goes to spear Roman. Roman gets out of the way. He ends up spearing Jay. Jay rolls out of the ring. You don't really see him again. Roman beats the tar out of Sammy with this chair. Uh, pins him and that's the match um and we've been kind of going on ever since where like even though sammy got beat he is still actively trying to like shake especially the uso brothers like out of um the hold that roman has on them there was a segment last night on smackdown where sammy and jimmy were talking and Jimmy was like, you turn your back on us. What was I supposed to do? That's not what family does. And J- Sammy's like, what family doesn't do is, you know, manipulate you and make you prove your loyalty every week. <gasps> so good. Like I did. He was like, you know, this is what he does. He's been doing it to your own brother for years. And then Jay was like in the crowd and came down and did a sad lion look, but like never, <laughs> <laughs> never hopped the barricade. He better be and careful then- that that other guy doesn't just like kidnap him. Like when we, when we were at wrestling. <laughs> Whatever happened with that story? <laughs> I don't know. You tell me. I got to ask somebody whatever happened with that. That's right. A guy got kidnapped when we went to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, cue the, uh-huh. cue the John Oliver drop. Wrestling is better than the things you like. So, yeah, I don't know where this is going. It seems like they are very deftly. The worry was that people would want. This will be a Daniel Bryan situation again, where people want Sammy so bad to be the one 
to dethrone Roman, it kind of derails the uh, the Cody Rhodes side. Cody Rhodes won the Rumble. He's supposed to be facing Roman in the main event at WrestleMania. Right. And that if people wanted Sammy so bad, would it screw up their plans for the main event at WrestleMania? It seems like they are kind of deftly transitioning Sammy into like his focus being breaking up the bloodline. Right. And taking that from Roman instead of the titles. So Cody can have the titles and Sammy can... Um, have the family. Yeah, take take the family apart. When Sammy was getting beat down, his... his what would happen fork- if Cody and Sammy teamed up for like a double team thing? I don't know. Would people freak out? Um, would they be like, bah! <laughs> at, the, at the end of the... Uh, so in the post-match beatdown after Sammy's match, his longtime frenemy... Uh, Kevin Owens came down and Loki made the save. And then the next night, Sammy tried to like recruit him to like team up. And again, when I say I'm like, it's Emmy worthy. It's like, because everything makes sense in a way that shit on wrestling normally doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> He's like, I know a lot's happened between us, but you know, we can, we can finish the bloodline if we team up type of thing. And Kevin's just like, I didn't come out there for you. I came out there because your family was in the front row. And unlike at the Royal Rumble where my family had to watch me get the shit beat out of me while you stood there and did nothing. Oh, shit. I didn't want them to go through that. So we're done. Call your buddy Jay. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Again. Only in as much as it makes more sense than the stuff in wrestling usually does. And again, that was probably way more wrestling talk than I intended. But Caitlin wants to know. Yeah? I wanted Caitlin to know. Wants it to was know. my fault, guys. I'm sorry. So the road to WrestleMania continues. It's just been a really good time. Even AEW is good. I know we don't talk about them as much, but um, they're still doing fun and interesting stuff. It's just it's, there's so much wrestling. And Simon Miller continues to be the best part about it when I watch him on. Did I tell you he has a shirt now that says the ring apron is the hardest part of the ring? No. Simon Miller, host of the uh, What Culture Ups and Downs program, where he recaps wrestling shows, which is primarily how I uh, <laughs> consume wrestling at this point. Mm-hmm. He has come out with a series of shirts, the three best of which uh, refer to long-running bits he's had, he's had on the Ups and Downs program. That being, uh, the ring apron is the hardest part of the ring, <laughs> which he calls out every time. Yeah. Um, and we had a girl call out while we were at wrestling, which was amazing. Yes. Uh, the surprise roll-up is the most devastating move in sports entertainment because... <laughs> The surprise roll-up is basically where you slide up behind somebody and kind of, like, thread their legs, pull them down by the waist, and kind of, like, prop yourself up on them. Um, it's usually... It's supposed to be used as, like, an out-of-nowhere pinfall. Right. Um, but it gets used so much now, like, all the time, that he started this bit where it's, like, it's, it's apparently the most devastating move because no one can ever get out of it. It <laughs> ends um, so many matches. So he made that shirt, and he also made possibly the best shirt, uh, Goofy Wrestling for Life. That's just to take on ours. Because we love goofy wrestling. Keep wrestling dumb. Keep wrestling dumb. I'll send you the clip later of Orange Cassidy doing a Canadian Destroyer. It's fantastic. Amazing. Ah, uh, Kate. Yeah. Did you watch anything fun with your time off? No. I mean, I did, but it just wasn't... <laughs> it's not... Sometimes when we take, like, a week off, I've got, like, this giant list. But again, I had, like, lame life stuff. Also, this week, a lot of it went towards the thing we watched for this week. I mean, um, sorry, not sorry, but we'll get no, to it. No, yeah. Sorry, not sorry, but still. So, um, surprising me, um, I watched Top Gun Maverick. Did you? I did. 
How was that? Fantastic. Again, it's a mental disconnect I have. Someone cute is, is uh, speaking frankly, um, abhorred by me <laughs> for having not seen the first one or the second one. So I've never seen a top. I haven't movie. seen the first one, at least not completely. Chris and I started to watch it and I kind of was like, oh. Planes um, and volleyball and take my breath away. That's what I know about the first time. Yeah. And that's kind of all you need to know. All you need to know really is planes and volleyball, take my breath away, Iceman, <laughs> and uh, you're my man, Goose, um, and Goose dies. That's all you need to know, really. Um, because that's really all I knew. Because um, like Maverick, they were out there and be like, oh my God, Tom Cruise, you saved the cinema. <laughs> Like legitimately, I wish because I had seen he was it in like the he's like this. This isn't going on streaming. This is going. We're putting this out in movies. Yeah, pandemic, whatever. You're going to go see this movie in a theater, and it made a bajillion fucking dollars. And yeah. it's like, oh my god, you saved cinema. Honestly, it was so good. It was so good. It was fantastic. Well, I'm I'm out here by myself, y'all. Um, got to get on Maverick. Yeah, and um, we continued to watch uh, Vox Machina, um, which. Again, is great when they focus on the characters I like and terrible when they focus on the characters I don't. Um, continue watching Bad Batch. Um, it's fine. Um, the one thing I did see... <laughs> the one thing I did see on um, on Netflix uh, recently was uh, this documentary series called Babies. I think it's in like its second season. Oh my god, yeah, I've seen this. I've seen the tile for this. <laughs> I'm surprised it took you this long. Well, I feel like I was like, oh, I don't know, but like, I'm just like, I love babies so much. And yeah, it was really interesting. It was all about like what babies know when they come out of the womb. And like, they're not just blob, I mean, they're mostly blobs, but they also like how their brains work. What can they tell? Um, and it was really, really fascinating. Even just that first episode. We only watched one, but it was still fascinating. Um, and then I, every so often get like sort of really into like a YouTube series or a YouTube, like uh, they'll, it's usually historical or science-y or something. Um, but recently I've been watching something called, it's, it's the channel Secret Galaxy on YouTube. And it's all about like the history of like the Thundercats. Or oh. the history of, you know, this show from the 80s or the 90s or whatever. Um, Thundercats was, it blew my mind. And they're not <laughs> long. They're like 15, 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, I did not know that Thundercats originally was the splicing together of three Japanese shows. Or was supposed to be, like animes. I did not know that either. Yeah, I am... I am. I was astonished and amazed, and I and they, he, unlike most people on YouTube, he does not have a YouTube voice. Um, he has his own unique voice, but it's not. Caitlin, I find yeah. that revelation hard to believe. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, yeah, and uh, and yeah, that's basically it. Though I have to talk about really briefly all the things that are coming in the next little while. <laughs> Because in like the next couple months, even month, I'm going to say, so I think one of them has actually already come out, um, are, so The Mandalorian season three, 
Right. Picard season three. I have not seen Picard season two, but now we want to see season two because we want to see season three. Um, the D&D film is coming on March 31st, which I am mm-hmm. going to the theaters for. <laughs> and I've gone to a theater in, God, it feels like a bajillion years. Um, Damn, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna do it for the D&D movie. All right. Yeah, of course. Speak, speak with your dollars, son. Yeah. Uh, I know what I like. Um, Perry Mason season two, I think, is out now. Really? And then I don't watch, watch these, but at, you might... Uh, succession season four for those succession heads. I don't know what they call them. Which apparently, and apparently I just, I'm sure we saw the same headline. It's going to be the final season, apparently. Yes. Yes, it is. And uh, Yellow Jacket season two, which I know oh, you watch. Oh, God, thank God. Bring it, yeah. bring it to me. Also, randomly found out that Donald Glover is doing a Mr. and Mrs. Smith television show. Is that still happening? Apparently. Yeah. Apparently it's with coming Fe- out Phoebe Waller-Bridge? No, with a different actress. Apparently, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, okay. I don't know, fell through. She couldn't do it or something. Too busy making films with Harrison Ford um, <laughs> or whatever. But uh, yeah, I just, I had no idea. And I think that's awesome. And I really like Donald Glover. So yeah, there's just like all this stuff that's coming. So just like brace yourselves, people. The train, the train never, never stops. Um, what are my updates? My updates are basically um, the stuff we liked a couple weeks ago are still good. Great. Shrinking? Still real good. Still get many laughs out of that show. Um, Poker Face. I've had to... So this is a slight amendment. I wouldn't even go so far as to say it's a quibble. Poker Face is not a binger. Because they have not deviated far from the structure. The structure has been... And maybe this is probably deliberate because they really want to lean into that like Columbo style. The structure has been pretty much identical ever since like episode three. Yeah, this show is for me. Which is where you like get the first act and change that sets up everything up until the murder. And then Charlie shows up and you find out a where Charlie kind of fits into all of it. Like what her in is. And you start seeing things from like other perspectives um, that fill in other details. Uh, Yesterday on the uh, elliptical, it was the drag racing one. I don't know if you're caught up or not, but I, I'm not because racing. I'm saving it. But yes, there's like a stock car racing one, and it's like a lot of like people realizing things and double crossing things or double crossing each other uh, in the first act that you don't see until act two or three. And it's not always that someone gets caught, even. Um, it's just you know Charlie fucking with them and just being the person who knows what they did and make sure they have that on their conscience type of thing. Um, but I can see where you would get bored if you were watching five in a row, perhaps. Oh, my friend, don't be crazy. <laughs> not Caitlin, not Caitlin McKinnon, but this is the person I literally watched like five seasons of Vera in like two days. <laughs> so calm, calm yourself. And those are like four hours an episode. Um, <laughs> For absolutely no reason, someone cute was like, I've never seen Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Is that on anything? So I said, uh, yeah, it's on, I think it was on Amazon. I think it was on Netflix too, but as established, I don't really have access to Netflix right now, but it was on both of them. I said, yeah, it's on this. I was like, it's pretty cute. It's pretty wholesome. You should watch it. And then uh, I was like, I can't remember the last time I saw Forgetting Sarah Marshall and I got Jason Siegel on the brain from watching, Se- from watching Shrinking, perhaps. So I started watching Forgetting Sarah Marshall. It is not as pure as I remember. There's a lot of humping in that movie. (laughs) 
It's not my. I I I know from the trailer. I'm like, eh, it's not my. It's not my bag. Remember Russell Brand? I do. He was a thing. I think he's still a thing. We made him a thing for a while. Is he a thing or is he like a Joe Rogan is a thing? Like, oh, I I don't. I I think he does have a a podcast. He's I just he's, he's just like the he's just like the edibles version of Joe Rogan. No, isn't he the opposite of Joe Rogan? I mean, he's generally like like more you know inclusive and welcoming of people i feel like but he definitely there's there's a lot of granola going on there. there's a big green juice vibe on that guy i don't know that he has acted in anything in a very long time and i don't know that he cares to i suppose is the point um but for a hot minute he was the be- he was the best thing going in yeah, the movies the movie's pretty mid though um but it's definitely the movie that got jason siegel the contract to do the muppet movie so i mean listen everything of a piece yeah, and that was a great movie. Uh, we talked about Boom Bust, <laughs> the podcast about the thing Caitlin never heard of. I finished that during our time away. It went in a direction I didn't expect it to and brought up an interesting conversation that I don't know what side I fall on necessarily. Ooh. Um, so I thought it was going to be initially the big the big galaxy brain question was going to be like, why do, why do things you know blow up and then fade away so fast? What ends up happening is you kind of get some behind the curtain stuff from the from the uh, the narrator on some like so she was going to New York to get a bunch of interviews done for this podcast and then suddenly the one person she kept trying to get was um, the host this guy, Scott Rogowski guy the guy who was the host on HQ Trivia um, and he was being real cagey and not really like wanting to agree with her or whatever. Um, and then she's like, well, I'll keep trying them in New York. And on her way out, she had some other things lined up. But on her way out there, suddenly nobody's texting her back and things are kind of drying up. And the long and the short of it is, allegedly Rogowski was like reaching out to those people being like, stop talking to her. I can get us money if we take our story here. Oh. Which brings up this. And then when he finally did talk to her. He wanted money. He wanted to get paid for doing the interviews. And it basically kind of led into this... And it it all worked out in the end. He kind of backed away from that. And everybody started talking to her again. But it's a a notion I've seen come up a few times since. This notion of, like, in the age of influencer-dumb and the democratization of content creation, who, quote-unquote, owns a story? The people it happened to or the people reporting it? Like, what right would the people have who live through the HQ trivia thing to just be like, no, I'm not talking to you, lady. Fuck your podcast. Right. Um, where she's like, you know, I want to tell a fair and balanced version held to journalistic ideals about this. And everyone else is just kind of like, well, we just want to get paid. <laughs> it's our story. It happened to us. Yeah. Why do you get ad dollars? That that was part of it as well. I think I think Rogowski was like, I want to cut of the ad dollars from the podcast. It's such a and weird... I heard that and I went, I went, that's a dick move, but also maybe not entirely incorrect. It's just it's a weird. Um, it's weird. It's it is very weird, and it's, it's not weird. a thing that anyone, especially in journalism, ever had to think about it before. It was mm-hmm. just the accept, like everything else, norms are shattered uh, at record setting pace by the day in the current hellscape we live in. But back in the day, it was like a journalist comes to you. And if you choose to talk to them, the, the, the 
the compensation for you as the interview subject was the truth, the bullhorn, the ability to have your story told through this outlet. Mm -hmm. Well, in five minutes, I can have a YouTube channel up and tell the story myself and control the narrative any way I feel like. That's rough. (laughs) It's, 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 I don't want to say spooky. Spooky's not the right word, but it is very like, it just gives you kind of the heebie-jeebies, like just, I mean. It, 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 it doesn't. It feels weird. It feels because there's no, it, know what it is. It's because there, so many things that used to have a filter um, or were sort of secret. We like know how the sausage is made now kind of thing. And so we can make it ourselves, um, which is, can be a good thing and it can be a bad thing. Um, it's kind of what people talk about, like YouTube drama, because right. there is no fair and balanced, right? There is, it's just. This is my version of events. Um, yeah, that's a that's a weird. Ooh, that's a weird one. Yeah, I, the, when the pod, when the show when the podcast was over, like the, the series that ran like eight episodes or whatever, I was like, I, and now the 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 re, so the reason I found out about this podcast was when somehow the host of it posted a Twitter thread responding to a CNN docu series that was coming out about the same story and using a lot of the same interview subjects who I'm sure for the podcast host was like, did they get paid? And while admitting, she's like, I don't own the HU story. It didn't happen to me, but I think all she was saying was like, it would have been nice to have been credited for the work I did in, you know, telling that story. Right. You know, I don't need to get paid. You know, you could like interview me or even like, put my name in the special thanks, you know? Um, so yeah, it was, it was a weird thing to think about as someone who has, you know, dabbled in journalism here and there in my time and remembers, you know, organizing a conference, uh, at one point with, a in Windsor with the, um, I think it was the op-ed editor of the Detroit free press who came and talked to a bunch of, uh, you know, aspiring journalists and basically said, uh, journalists are used car salesmen now. Like that's how we're viewed. <laughs> Like that was, that was 15 years ago. So it's Mm. only, only gotten worse. Anyway, that is, I can't wait until we both tell our stories about our podcasts and get our book deals. Y'all, when you hear about all the drama that has happened in the creation of this podcast over the last five years, you will be Uh, stunned. It is shocking. (laughs) Did you say that makes me laugh? Uh, all the times Caitlin had to stop her crossway crossword halfway through to record a podcast. Uh, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Horrifying. All the time, all the times we, all, all, the, all the YouTube videos I made her watch before we started recording. <laughs> that was, that's what was one of the things I miss most about recording in person. Okay. So <laughs> shut up. You know, that's like, I didn't know how, how, how like meme worthy that is. Like there's so many like memes yes. about like men showing women youtube videos but it's the way of, of people being like, like a sign of re- it's a sign of respect in our culture like yes exactly exactly <sighs> y'all that was a bunch of very serious and heady uh philosophical discussions um so let's put a pin in that and talk about something gloriously stupid and amazing um yeah. so friends after this break when we come back we're going to talk about one of the most uh, gloriously ridiculous things i've ever seen and maybe the best it's february but i'm calling it now we're going to get into rrr in just a moment 
Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. This is the half of the show where we talk about the thing we have brought each other. As Jordan just mentioned, this week he brought me RRR, which I'd vaguely heard about. But before we get into it, we have some rules. Yes, um, we do. The first rule is the rule of three, which is if the thing comes in parts, um, you should watch three of them. This is not that case because this thing is a movie, but it is like three hours long. So you may <laughs> want to take it in parts just for your own like time management. Um, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. That's the rule that we will not talk about the thing before we are sitting in front of these microphones and... We've stuck to that rule. Jordan has no idea whether I finished it because it was so long or whether <laughs> I liked it or whether I didn't. No ideas. Um, and we do that so that you guys get the freshest of takes, kind of hottest of takes. It only came out a little while ago. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's fresh and hot, I would say. I think we could put that on a billboard and, and get away with it. Um, and the third rule is um, not really a rule, it's just a policy is that there will be spoilers this movie is incredibly hard to spoil, but just if you're like, no, I'm, I'm going for a watch party this weekend and, and don't want to know anything about it, then you need to get out. Go get yourself some chai. Uh, if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, you know, bundle up. Um, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. So I knew this movie existed. It was constantly probably around the time of the holidays or just after the holidays on the top 10 of my Netflix, uh, movie tile. Um, and I'm not averse to media made from places I'm unfamiliar with, as I think you all should know by now. And I have to say that when I like hovered on the tile, and it played the little, like, scene. You know, Netflix will do that. You hover over it. You look for the trailer or the description or whatever. And it plays a little scene from the movie. The scene that Netflix chose to autoplay does this movie a great disservice. Right. Because all you see is a guy, shirtless, running through a jungle, and, like, dodging a very CGI tiger. And you're like, well, that's maybe not. And I didn't really think about it again. And then for reasons known only to her, when we were looking for something to watch uh, on Family Day weekend, like I said, we had come back on, someone cute and I came back on Sunday night, and then I was still with her on the actual Family Day, looking for something to watch with breakfast. She's like, let's fire that up. And then I saw the runtime, and it was three hours and change, and I went, Mm -hmm. oh, God. And then I don't know at what point the grin stretched over my face. But it never left. And we, as Caitlin alluded to, we took breaks. We put a pause, cleaned the house a little bit, did the dishes, came back, folded the laundry. All told, the experience probably took four and a half hours for us to get through the whole movie with breaks. And I'm not going to say it flew by, but when it was over, I was still sad. (laughs) And I could have stayed there for another three hours. Friends. This is RRR. It is a 2022... Oh, I need to do this first. Friends, firstly, apologies in advance for all the butchering of names I'm going to do. I'm trying my best. I'm trying my best. 
This is RRR, a 2022 Indian Telugu language epic action drama film directed by S.S. Rajmuli and co-wrote, who co-wrote the film with V. Vijayendra Prasad. The film stars N.T. Ramarao Jr., Ramcharan, Ajay Devan, Ali Abad, Shiria Saran, Samuthi Rakani, Ray Stevenson, Allison Duty, and Olivia Morris. It centers around a fictional versions of two Indian revolutionaries, Aluri Sitarama Raju and Kamaram Beam, their friendship and their fight against the British Raj. So uh, this came out in 2022 in uh, India. And I think sometime in late 2022 or early 2023, it hit Netflix. It has been clocked about 47 million hours of streaming on Netflix globally. Um, Rajamuli has said what kind of opened this concept up to him was uh, watching Hitler get killed in Inglorious Bastards and being like, oh, you can do a movie like that? So he took the stories of uh, Sidaram Raju and Kamaram Beam. These were both real people. They were both in Delhi in the 20s. They did not meet, apparently. So this movie was basically started as, oh, what if those guys were best friends? And Every direction you could take it in after that. Uh, in the talking, I now realize that I do know where uh, someone cute learned of this movie or thought she might want to see it. I believe it was the comedian Mo Ammer, uh, either on Instagram or somewhere, talking about, um, compared to like, you look at Stallone, you look at Schwarzenegger, they did one thing. Those motherfuckers in RRR do everything. Yeah. Yeah, they do. So I'm done ranting. Kate, this movie was a revelation to me how did you like it um i loved it <laughs> yeah this movie give it the bombs give it the air horns this this movie deserves every drop i can possibly give it this makes me this makes me recant my earlier like anything i ever said about like the movies were whack <laughs> or well, that movies were whack compared to tv i take it all back i, I also okay so i i have maybe slightly more familiarity with indian films than you do um, I would say that's probably fair. I haven't watched tons of them by any means, but I have watched them. Um, and there is a joy in a lot of Indian films. I mean, this is a this is very generalized. I mean, the Indian the fil- Indian film industry is unbelievably massive. There are so many. It's like when people are like, "Anime is this," and you're like, "Eh, it's <laughs> animated." That's about all you can say about anime. That's the same. Um, but the ones I have seen, um, by and large, there is just like this joy to them of just whether it's action or it's a romance or whatnot. Um, there's a spectacle to it. There is like this theatricalness that, um, you don't need, there, I feel like there's a time and, and, and time and place for where you're like, oh, you know, this, I'm just going to take the, the, one of the scenes, the scene with the arrows when he's shooting the arrows and people are like flying, you know, you know, 30 feet from the arrows. And some <laughs> people are like, that's not accurate. I don't want it to be accurate. Absolutely not. I want the, like, the essence of a God to have infused him and for his shots to wield the power of like 10,000 fists. That is what I want. And that is what I got. I don't care that the, you know, tiger is CGI. It doesn't matter. That's not what this story is. This is just like a exuberant, wonderful, amazing, fun movie. Fun. 
Capital fucking F-U-N. Like, oh my god. Let's break down, if you're unfamiliar with this movie completely, let's break down a bit of the plot. So yes, it is the time of the British Raj in India in the 1920s. Um, you don't exactly know how these various plot threads are going to uh, tie together initially. We start with the kidnapping, although to the colonizers, they bought her, of a um, young girl from a rural village in India um, who sings beautifully and can do, uh, uh, what do they call that? Uh, henna. Henna. Can do like the henna um, artwork on the hands and look how talented he is. That's cute. Let's buy her for two shillings and take her back to the uh, to the base. Um and apparently this village, as is described by uh, by some of the some of the people familiar with the village, they tell the British officials that you know it's like a they're like sheep. But they have a shepherd. And that shepherd will do anything to protect the sheep and yeah. will nev- nothing can dissuade it dissuade him from his task. So the shepherd is coming. The shepherd is Beam, who is one of the our primary characters here. And then it kind of jumps to a small British outpost uh, being uh, threatened by a huge, we're talking like thousand person mob. Yeah. Um, because they're revolutionary. Their their leader has been arrested by the British. And one of them throws a rock over the fence that hits a picture of a white person. It, and it's the, and the person in charge goes. It's the king. Was it the king? It's, it's a, a white person. It's the king. Some white person. Some white old some, white, some white dude. Some white guy. Um, it's like arrest that man. And then we meet Ram, who is Indian and working with the British army or the police or the forces. And for the next twenty minutes, he single handedly hops the fence. And beats off a thousand people with a stick in pursuit of this one individual. That was probably the moment when the smile started creeping over my face. Yeah. Because I said, what is this movie? And then throughout the course of the next three hours, action scenes would happen. And I would say to someone cute, he better not fucking insert something ridiculous. And then that exact thing would happen. There, there was a moment... Where I, I I know I'm jumping way far ahead, but it's because it was so identical and it actually had us screaming at the television set. So there is a very long scene where and 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 when they first the two characters Beam and Ra meet, um, one is on a horse and one is on a motorcycle. Yes. And at the near the end when it's like the final fight, um, Beam gets on a motorcycle. And senior correspondent, Caitlin, if you say the exact fucking thing that I did, yeah, senior correspondent, Chris, but but where is Rom going to get a horse? And I was like, he's just going to, and I was going to say, just jump on the back of the motorcycle. No, no, man on horse appears, and we scream, scream. Yeah. And Literally, was, I did the exact same thing. I was yeah. like, he's going to land on that fucking horse, and then he did. And so, okay, so then your plot lines then become. For reasons we never quite understand until kind of deep into the movie, why Rom is working so single-mindedly with the British authorities. And at first you think he might just be like a pick-me. <laughs> like, you're not really... You can't, we can't understand, but there's like this intensity. This, like, yes. fire to, like... As, as the 
as the uh, as the official, the the head of that British fort, says something to to the effect of like, "I don't fear, you know, whatever, but I fear him." Like, yeah, you know, there were a thousand people, you know, pushing down that fence. I'm not scared of any of them, but I'm scared of him. Type of vibe. Um, so he then kind of gets put on the case of going after the shepherd, who at that point I think may have already done something, um, or they're just concerned about him. Um, and whoever, whoever brings him in alive will be promoted to special officer. And Rom wants this very bad because as we find out later, um, he wants to, whoever special officers get to control and oversee weapons deliveries. Like, and armaments just in general. And armament. Yes. And guns. And he basically wants to hijack, um, guns and take them back to his hometown to arm it's a real and this is the title of the movie don't come for me it gave me real spook who sat by the doors um or spook who sat by the door vibes i don't know if you're familiar with that book slash movie no it's basically about um a black man who gets hired by the cia um in like a affirmative action kind of program like oh look at us look how inclusive we are we we brought a black man into the cia and then he takes everything he learns in the cia and goes back into like New York or Chicago, wherever, and teaches everyone in the city <laughs> everything he learned um, from the CIA and uses it to in pursuit of the revolution. Um, so that's what Rahm is basically doing. He's he's getting in good with the oppressors to take their, resources their motherfucking and give, guns and, and give them back to the people. And he is super single minded in this pursuit yeah. um, to the point where even as beam and him become the best friends who ever were uh after they save a boy in the as kate said the aforementioned uh horse slash motorcycle scene they save a boy from uh being killed by an by (laughs) you just say shit that happened in this movie and this is such a minor scene in the movie all things considered they save a boy from an exploded oil tanker that fell off a bridge (laughs) it's a train it was train train. yeah and but the you have to notice the boy was on a tar boat (laughs) <laughs> and that was the problem. Fair. Is that Tar is very um, flammable, and I don't think this boy could swim, and they had to save his life, and they did. So after and they then do he got this, fish yes. for them, and it was amazing. <laughs> after they do this insane, daring rescue, I think they both kind of recognize themselves in each other, and they become the best friends who ever were. And to my utter chagrin, do not kiss once in the movie. <laughs> that same with Senior Correspondent. He's like, they are in love. This is ridiculous. And I was like, look, this is my thing that I say all the time. Of course, I think queer and gay storylines are of utmost importance but i also think best friend storylines especially for men fair fair are very very important you need to be able to know that you can cry on your best friend's shoulder and they're not gonna go gay or whatever right was there was there one moment where i was like getting a little worked up and someone cute goes oh because it's you and mr melage and i'm like shut up shut up um (laughs) Um, and yes they are the most best friends ever and one is fire and one is water and i need to say this because it's very important this is a better avatar the last airbender film than the live action avatar the last airbender film so okay impossible to pick what was your favorite over the top batshit crazy sequence oh my god um oh it was definitely when rom came out in um the garb of i believe just give me one second i gotta fact check this 
Okay, this is it's okay. I'm gonna say this. So prob- it's, it's Rom. It's the god where he shares the name. Yes, but it's deity. it's. I think it's also they. A lot of their gods have aspects. So I don't know if it's an aspect of Rom or if it's just Rom. Full stop. But he comes out in like the garb of. And or Rama, Rama, Rama. Yeah. Again, we apologize. We apologize. This is not. It is. I'm We're doing fully our best. Saying this is from a point of ignorance. I just didn't know. I know a lot of the gods have aspects, so I don't want to get that wrong. But he basically, um, you know, Beam has saved him from the jail. He's healed his wounds. He sort of dressed him, um, and also uh, Ram has the most flowing of locks flowy hair and it's phenomenal um again, sorry st- story up to that point very quick um beam has basically attacked the british base with a truck full of wild animals which was amazing mm. um ram is shocked but again very single-minded in his purpose um does his best to ensure that beam doesn't die but still turns him in Yes. And whips him in the yard and basically through that very <laughs> not unchristlike uh sequence in uh when Ram is whipping him publicly, um, and Beam refuses to kneel um and sings a song, because yes, it's a musical too, of course it is. Of course. Um Ram is the, the twofold on the, the, each of them seeing the other side from their best friend is Rom sees, I've been so focused on getting these guns, and he armed them with a song. Yes. That's all he needed to, like, unite the people. And then they, they and, rioted. And, yeah, because they rioted. And be, uh, the crowd rioted, rather. Uh, and then later on in the movie, Beam realizes once he learns everything that Rom has done and why he's done it, realizes, I've just been fighting for my village Rom is fighting for the whole country. Yeah. Um, and that is when they, when they sort of like, ah, oh, the fists bash together again and there's an explosion and Rom breaks, or sorry, Beam breaks Rom out of prison where he's being kept because he basically, in the thieving of the weapons and uh, breaking Beam uh, out of jail to ensure he's uh, he gets away, he ends up getting arrested himself. Yeah. Um. So at the very end, when Beam has come yes. to rescue Rom from jail and torture, basically, um, and after Rom is infused with this, like, godlike, I'm going to just call it, like, energy, um, and starts firing arrows, which was amazing, um, that whole sequence of him doing that and then Beam... I love that he uses a gun as a bludgeoning, as, like, a, a <laughs> thing to bludgeon, and then keeps on spearing guys in like an amazing way and then just that whole sequence was just i mean there's so many good ones but that one was just because you're so it's cathartic you're like yes mm. the british are nazis let's murder them um you're just like totally on their side and excited and uh i think it just has the energy of of the whole film sort of packed into it um, and then, of course, there was the motorcycle, motorcycle horse part, which I was just like, absolutely, 100% yes. Um, uh, and I got to see Ray Stevenson die a terrible death, which is always fun. Um, <laughs> so he's people, a known actor? I mean, you, you know oh, more British actors than I do. Yeah. So we both, again, senior, we yelled at this movie a number of times, which is how you know <laughs> it's a good movie. Senior correspondent Chris and I, we didn't get it at like the very 
very first instance, but it was like, I think it was maybe 15, 10, 15 minutes into the movie. And we both go, oh, we're like, is that, is that who we think it is? So Ray Stevenson very famously played Tito Polo in Rome. Um, and really well-known actor, great actor. I thought he did a great job. Um, I'm so glad he was part of this. He does an evil villain really well. Um, he does. And uh, you just you loathe them, and that's how you know it's a good evil villain. Um, yeah. So yeah, no, it was, it was, he was fun. Um, Jenny, I get it, girl. You should get it. You and Beam. <laughs> um, <laughs> she don't even care that he can't speak English that well. She's like, you know what? We'll figure it out. Doesn't matter. If love finds a way. Um, so yeah. So. I thought all the cast was fantastic, and so hold on, you're you're you're, you're a beam, you're a beam girl. Uh, I'm I'm both, but I have a there's a part of me that's I like I have a type, I have a type, right? <laughs> he has fire in his eyes. Um, beam uh, is just he's like he's the he's you know strong and but he's also like jovial. Um, Brahm's really intense. He's very intense. He's so. A- fucking beautiful <laughs> he they, they yes they are both beautiful specimens but yes rom uh, is he's a beautiful man and his flowing locks are majestic for me saying my most favorite uh batshit moment of the movie was uh the start the first movement of the sequence that yours contains is where beam finally breaks him out of prison and oh, because the, he's been in a with, solitary cell, which is basically a hole in the ground. Yeah. Um, he's been in a seated position for days, weeks. Um, still doesn't prevent him from doing uh, chin-ups on the bars. No. Because no days God. off for Rom. No. Um, so Beam, like, because he's Beam, tears... That, I mean, listen, this is a better uh, superhero movie than Zack Snyder's Justice League by Country Mile. <laughs> yes. Um, Beam tears the, uh, you know, door, window, cage door of this cell out of the ground. Um, Rom can't walk. So Beam puts him on his shoulders, hands him two rifles, and then they flee as Rom on his shoulders pings off British with the rifle and then will, like, thrust the rifles down and Beam cocks them for him and reloads them. Yes, that was, was amazing. the most badass shit I've ever seen in my <laughs> so life. Good. I was howling, Caitlin. Yes. Which, as you said, this movie is just, it's a howl fest. It's three hours long and I want to watch it again. <laughs> like, yeah. There was like sequences where I will never, they're like now imprinted on my brain. But that was one of them. That was one, that was another moment where I just like screamed when he put the guns down and beam cock them and i was like yes um um and the one other thing i do want to call out which i think is interesting and makes this movie um you know if you're if you choose to be aware of these things if you if you think about it on a more of a macro level um someone cute had said at one point so this is rom's story and rom gets more of the backstory he gets flashbacks you see his origin more than beam um and when you see the long flashback kind of explaining Rom's motivations. There is a scene where, you know, before there was Rom, there was Rom's father who kind of had the same idea. Yeah. Um, well, he sort of started it. Was that? Yes. Yeah. And there is a scene where like, okay, so word has got out. The British are coming. They're going to kill everyone in the village, including his father. Um, and his father with a single gun 
is basically behind some cover and just pinging down British left and right. Yeah. And making it like impossible for them to advance on the town. And all I could hear was our dads, the collective dads, being like, that's so unbelievable, though. And I thought of that. And then the next thought was me saying back to our collective dads, you all watched Rambo. <laughs> yeah. And never had a problem. Yeah. <laughs> you watched Stallone and Schwarzenegger through every year of the 1980s single-handedly mow down platoons of brown and black faces depending on where the threat of the day was um, but, but if you the, flip those you know if you flip those characters suddenly it's unbelievable no this is just rambo yeah and, and also we're just version of rambo because they're shooting colonizers it's a it's a it's partially a like a fantasy it's a it's it's, it's speculative fiction right yes. and with speculative fiction there's a lot of like there's a lot of, and this isn't a lot of, again, just movies I've seen that are um, Indian movies. There's a lot of magic and spiritualism and, you know, the righteous have the power and that kind of thing. Um, and and if someone says, well, that's, the, you know, that's not very believable, who cares? That's not what the story is about, right? Um, and... It's, this is part of the fun of it, right? And let everyone be a hero at some point. I just, it, I wouldn't even think of that. I wouldn't even think like, like I, again, I watch so much superhero stuff. You're telling me that Black Widow took on like <laughs> giant aliens with her tiny gun? Like I just, <laughs> like I, there is a, it's like theater, right? You have, there is a amount of, of disbelief that you need to leave behind to have a good time. And if you want to go in and be like, well, that's not very real looking. Well, then this isn't the movie for you and you should move this on. Is not, this is not the movie for you. Although go like, watch listen. band of brothers or like 1914 or whatever. I have heard, I was listening to Chris and Andy yesterday and they were kind of giving their Ant-Man postmortem and just kind of like, Ant-Man is like making boatloads of money, but it still has the same sort of concern trolling that every late era Marvel movie kind of has right now, which is like, where is this going really? It doesn't really seem like they know what they're doing. It's just like, you know, the they start making the movie before they have a script, like all the things we have ranted about for months about the current tentpole superhero movie. This RRR, like, reaffirms my belief in film as a thing like the the imagination the audacity the the ingenuity the creativity on display in this movie and we're not even talking about yes it's an indian movie there are two musical numbers in it like <laughs> the joy like kate said at the top there's a joy to this movie like yeah. it is it is melodramatic in the best way it is the scene where they're like having a dance battle with a white guy. <laughs> like so good. As, Cause mom's being there for his man who wants to impress Jenny. Like it's so fucking great. I, like, but I, I mean, that was again, another time when I yelled, when I went, yes. Oh my God, is this a dance battle? Oh, <laughs> and then I just, yeah, loved it so much. And yeah, I just, so I mean, yeah, the, I don't know that we can, more strongly recommend this movie if you just want to have fun 
And again, don't you want to have fun? Forty is... minutes ago, I was railing about how North America as a whole is a failed state. Don't you just want to have fun? Yeah, just let's just have some fun. Though, I mean, this is also how I feel about Marvel Marvel films, right? When they like, where is it going? Who cares? If it was fun, whatever. <laughs> That's all I care about right now. Um, I have. There's enough seriousness. There are enough dramas. There are enough shows about white people, you know, being mean to each other. Let's just have shows and films that are fun and take joy in in film and entertaining people. Um, That's what what a key word there. Yes, enter. Was I entertained? Holy fuck, was yes, I? Absolutely, from and, top to bottom. In aspects of it, not just like the amazing like fight scenes and choreography and all of that, but also in these like other moments of them like literally frolicking. They had two best friends frolicking and I was there for it. Um, you know, this, the romantic scenes, the, um, all of that, like just, I was just there for it and it was so much fun to watch and, um, yeah, absolutely. Also totally think that if you've got some time and you are even remotely interested, take a watch because it'll, it'll, um, it'll be a good time. Make some popcorn. Watch it with a friend. I mean. Listen, if I hadn't already seen it, like I said, it's a snowy day in Toronto right now. I have no intention of leaving my house today. Uh, I'm going to finish cleaning the records I started <laughs> on the last episode. <laughs> but if if you find yourself in a similar situation with nothing to do and it's cold and you don't want to go outside, oh my God, it will be the best afternoon you will have firing up this movie. We know my aversion to 10s. This is the closest I've ever come. This is a 9.5 for me. Like It's a 9 for me, but... Um... I just, yeah, it was so much fun. And uh, anytime I get to scream at my television, it's a good time. So that is on that is on Netflix. If you still have access if to it. If you still it. have access to it. Thanks to someone cute for uh, making me watch that, um, which I probably would not have watched under any other circumstance. But I, I definitely uh, am definitely happier I am living a have-seen-RRR existence right now. Um, so that'll... This has been a long episode, y'all, but it's still still only half the length of the movie. So, I mean, no complaints. And every time we do a shorter episode, people complain. So, really, we're just giving the people what they want. That That is that is true. That is true. We owe it to y'all to give you a beefier episode. Um, so, yeah, I kind of uh, swept in and stole what would have been Kate's pick. I don't know what we'll have next week or if she's got anything I, I've got, lined I've got up. Another, I've, got a, I've got another. So, RRR has inspired me. And Uh-oh. I've got another themed month. I think oh, my oh no. my plan is to <laughs> just get every month to be a theme. Um, Fuck. <laughs> I think we need to go March Madness and do crazy action films. March Madness crazy action films, eh? Hmm. Yeah. You know what you're getting. <laughs> we'll think on that. I'm excited to see where that one goes. Friends. Come back next week for the first installment of March Madness. Who knows what that's going to be? I'm as excited to find out as you are. If you got any picks for March Madness, I don't, because, Lord, I have to rethink my entire viewing history, y'all. I need some help. You need to get at me on Twitter.com. Get up off Twitter. Tell me your favorite dumb action movies so I can bring them to Kate and we can talk about them next week. So that will just about wrap it up. Friends. Thank you for spending an hour and change with us every week. It truly means the world to us. My name is Jordan Ferguson. 
My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us next week for another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. You ready to clap? I am ready to clap. Feel like clapping? You got a clap in you? Oh, oh, okay, miss, calm down. It's not even. You're going to get a series of tiny little <laughs> claps in the not monitor. Even, not even noon yet, miss. All right, on the one, three, two. Straight up and down, just how we like it. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. And away we go.